Hello everybody and welcome to Mama Bear Care. My name is Heather Aguilera. Today I will be covering hair trauma. So the topic of this this dilemma almost has came up multiple times this week or last week I should say in my salon environment. So I am, I'm a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist for over 19 years and also just working in the hair industry and the beauty industry. I've came across so many women, different, many different types of women. But before I go really into hair trauma, I really want to take a moment right now uh, for all the women in Iran who are, you know, so bravely cutting their hair off. Uh, removing their turbans, removing their coverings, and, you know, and the young lady that got, um, you know, killed and murdered, and all, all the women and men who are getting hurt that are protesting with this movement of their freedom. So Iran is going through a huge, huge process right now, and all having to do with hair, all having to do with hair exposure. Now, in the past, I have done Iranian women who um, need to stay covered. They need to be very private about when when and how they get their hair cut, which is part of their culture. Um, But, you know, the more it's getting exposed and the more that these women are coming out about, you know, I guess what is detrimental with them. And um, and their hair, you know, exposure to hair. So this in itself, you know, can cause a lot of trauma with young women, uh, with men also, and, and just in many different ways. Trauma can be, is any type of, Trauma can be anything that that disrupts a person's peace and inner balance, right? And and when it has to do with hair, when it has to do with um, when it has to do with hair, and it has to do with a movement in hair, it reorders a lot of things energetically. So the news right now. And I'm trying to look up this protest on my computer, so please excuse my um, my delay. So if I put in the Iranian woman rights, there's not really too much on um, on the the topic. I mean, there is, there's, there's here, but um, the protests, there's not too much on Google as there is more like on Instagram per se um, about, I'm trying to find her name because she has a distinctive name that I would like to uncover. And excuse me. So, yeah, I can't seem to find it. But anyways, y'all, I hope you know who I'm talking about. But 
she is, um, you know, she's made a movement within the women's industry, within the women movement, women empowerment for us right now. Oh, here we go. If I am to post. Ma Mahas Amini Amini. So, uh, so she has what is written with her, and this is from Mary Lou Shin's uh, post, and um, she's actually the elder that taught me womb healing. Uh, she came here with a divine purpose to awaken and liberate women of her land and the world. She was born on a high holy day of the Mary Magdalene, July 22nd. 2000 and died in that year 22 years of age at the in the year of 22 at the age of 22 blessed be her sacrifice and her holy purpose and life for she was an embodiment of the magdalene and the resurrection of the divine feminine and in the year 22 um the queen you know she had passed away so this is this is a movement you know this is a movement within hair um in and in just the whole industry i know i'm kind of getting slightly off topic talking about hair but i can't really go really into this podcast without addressing this woman and um you know and the iranian woman and all that's happening out there we are one within our earth and so as we are acknowledging this and the topic of hair is coming up to the forefront to more and more women and balancing this out in in a good way you know so um the the women that i had did this past week most of them had a lot of hair trauma they really didn't even want me touching their hair they really didn't want um too much hair cut off they were so scared and i do feel like energetically as a collective um, women are feeling this movement whether they're aware of it or not this movement that has happened of this young lady who has shown her hair and and then so the, the collective what happens in the collective energetically is like a lot of um focus on our hair you know so if you notice that if you are um, in tuned with that if you understand what I'm saying energetically I feel that this has a lot to do with that you know movement women's freedom and then these women um, burning their saris their their head um, scarves and they're burning them and they're protesting against their country about their rights and right now they don't even have a lot of exposure to um to talk about this to talk about what they're going through over there so they they don't have too much of the um i think their internet or something they they don't have too much of that but it's getting out there it's really well known what's happening in that movement with women and empowering that and i remember um you know the first time i had did a, an Iranian woman who wore the head covering and and how um, how embarrassed they were to show their hair out in public and much less to a hairstylist. 
So as a hairstylist, going into these really intimate places with women and them being able to trust us with their hair. Hair is sacred. It's connected to our head. And in a way, it is its own like unique entity. It's its own unique um, vibration and, and it has its own story to tell, you know. Every woman that has sat in my chair shares with me some sort of hair trauma or story about losing a great hairstylist or their hair changing and shifting because of hormones or um, postpartum after pregnancy. And this is, you know, it happens to every woman and men and man. Um, men lose hair too and go through different hormonal fluctuations rather they are aware of what's going on with their body or not so the more we are in tune with our body the more we're in tune with our hair process and understanding there are certain times a year where the hair does shed more than others and this should be like in the summer springtime the hair will shed now in the fall and winter, your hair should be growing a lot more, almost like getting your winter coat, and it should be more fuller. And if it's not, you know, you need to switch something up there. So um, I'm going to talk about this little girl, young girl. She's not little. She's probably like 19, 1920. She came into my salon with her mother the other day. And she had just so much, she was almost like in shock or, or slightly frozen, you know, um, because she was in this fear state of her hair. She had gotten a lot of tangles in her hair and it would always get knotted up, she told me. And when she came in with her mom, we first talked over the phone and then she came in with her mom and stood in front of me. And her mom was very rude. Uh, she just hated her daughter's curly hair. She literally stated that, I, I hate this hair. And I was like, listen, she has beautiful hair. She, this is really beautiful hair. She just needs to learn how to work with it, you know. So energetically, if we think about that, if you think about a plant and if you tell a plant that it is ugly, it is whatever, the plant will not do well. But if you tell the plant that it is beautiful and that it is, you know, it's unique and it is lovely, it's going to grow, right? That There is scientific studies on this, on plants. Same thing with your hair. You, you want to look at your hair as almost its own life. It's Of course, it's not a plant, but it we can re reference it to of a plant source like it needs to be trimmed it needs to be cared for it needs to be nurtured it needs to be um groomed properly right but not overly groomed you know so the the care for a plant the care for your hair just like that so I, I took the, the young girl into the shampoo bowl. I washed her hair and, and we talked about some of the things that were bothering her. Some of the things that people, students um, that she went to school with would say about her hair, <clears throat> about her ethnicity. She was, she had a mix, she was a mixed race, which most of us are. And um, 
and, and so she she had this some some type of trauma she needed to release by speaking about it which was really helping her and this trauma release haircut this trauma release wash time that i had with this young lady really helped shift her i could feel her starting to get more comfortable in in my presence um and then as i brought her back to my chair to brush her hair out and her expressing to me her issues that she has with her curly hair and you know so I I told her you know not to let certain people touch her hair I was kind of referring to her mother but I didn't really want to say that (laughs) but um I I the woman was just you know bashing it it's just not that's not okay you know and um but anyways, we talked about it, and and I went through her hair. I gave her a nice haircut. I gave her some layers, and her curls just started to really um, define themselves and, and really um, start to spiral in, in a really nice way. And, and um, her, when we were finished, her mother came and wanted to touch her hair. The little girl was like, no, and I, and I could see within her body language she did not want her mother touching her hair so I had also mentioned it I said oh we just finished the haircut let's let's um leave let the hair do what it needs to do on its own um energetically you know when somebody doesn't like somebody's hair and they're they're touching it we want to be careful with that we want to be careful whose hands come into our hair I had mentioned on my post that uh, a couple beauty teachers of mine had told me or they told us as a, as a group um, receiving their class that you either have good hands or you don't. You're able to see with your fingers what the hair needs. You're able to feel with your hands what's needed in that hair. It's, it, that hair is going to speak to you in a way. And this is not the conventional way that most people are taught. I understand that now. Um, I'm not sure why spirit brought me these teachers, but there's always for a reason, right? And um, and I've always took their advice and the certain advices, they just really stuck with me throughout my, my hair career. And, um, and then exploring um, energy healing as I, you know, learned more into my spiritual realm. I have gotten Reiki training and, um, other different types of energy training through, um, different traditions, Mexican traditions and whatnot. And anyways, throughout learning about all of that and, and understanding the hair, uh, throughout my career, I, I tend to attract people, women, who have some sort of, of dilemma, hair dilemma. Especially through COVID, there was a lot of people at home self-serving themselves, cutting, watching videos on YouTube, cutting their hair and their bangs so crooked and coloring and blotchiness and gray outgrowths which I love I love watching these women go from coloring their hair to these like silver foxes is what they're known as and I I do try to convince some of my clients to 
embrace the grays. Some of them are no, a hard no, and some of them are very interested in, in, in exploring what that is, right? To What would it be like to embrace my natural color, the natural gray? Um, I think it's beautiful. So um, there there's so many different characters that um, I, I work with, and in the last, like I said, uh, this last week or so has been so many just trauma in this one other lady that came in. She came in and, and she had said that she had curly hair too and she just didn't trust anybody in her hair. I just think she just was very scared. She had also mentioned to me that she had gotten multiple shots of the COVID vaccine and um in my own way, I don't like to push my beliefs on my clients. I do like to stay in a more neutral uh, way. So it's in in my chair. I'm not for a vaccine or not or or not. Other than uh, if you know me, then you know where I stand. Um, but in my chair, it's a very neutral. It has to be very neutral. It has to be very safe. I have to release any of my beliefs and um, and my strong yeses or strong noes um, to to release that, so they can trust me energetically. So if I'm holding a no, I do not believe in vaccine, then that adds another like almost like a fear, you know, to them a fear within their energy field so in order for me to allow them to come in um, energetically just me to be more in a neutral space which helps them relax and um, and I do you know the ladies that I work with at the salon we 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 did discuss that we leave our um, what is our politics at the door we leave our baggage at the door we don't allow any of that stuff to to come on into our workspace um, which is why I love where I work your work environment is very important and it adds another point of safety uh, we are a, I work in Bakersfield and we're a salon that is known for um, haircutting and, and our treatment and the ambiance in our salon and how well it feels in there. People can feel like a sense of calmness, a sense of peace in there. And the owner is really great at uh, making sure that we all, you know, kind of create that because a lot of our clients come in, they're very stressed and they're, they're some, like I said, very scared and, and full of this anxiety almost and tr- because of what they've experienced in the past not just with covid because covid is its own little thing and it has made a lot of women's hair fall out once they have gotten covid or a strand of it a lot of women who have gone through that process of of having it has um, experienced hair fallout and also a lot of women who have gotten the shot have experienced that that shift in their hormones, the shift in their hair, their shift in, in just a lot of different things. So w- right now, I feel uh, we're, we're dealing with so much, you know, it's layered, layered trauma, 
you know. So it's this one other lady, like I said, she she was scared about the COVID thing. She had multiple shots. And then she had expressed to me she was scared. She didn't want me touching her bangs because way back in, in the day, uh, someone cut her bangs super duper short. And she just, ever since that, then she just did her own bangs. You know, so those are examples of hair trauma. And, and so with her in particular, I had to ask permission. I had to ask permission. Is it okay if I, I comb your hair? Is it okay if I blow dry your bangs? And she'd say, yes, okay, then one step at a time, is it okay if I comb your hair? And is it okay if I cut your hair wet right here? Oh, yes, you know, because she had expressed she wanted a dry haircut with curly hair. Um, And with curly hair, I usually cut wet and and straighter, wavy hair, I'll blow dry it out um, dry and I'll cut that dry. But with curly hair, I like to do it more on the wet side. And not like soaking wet, but damp, you know, and make sure it's conditioned and all that. So cutting it and so I could see where the curls lay and what's happening with the hair. And the more she watched me cut her hair through the mirror in my chair, the more she started to settle in. The more I asked her permission, okay, can I cut here? The more she was able to like adapt to my energy and to receive that haircut that she was looking for i could tell she was cutting her own hair it was very lopsided and and just the way her hair was laying it wasn't laying correctly um so yeah i understood her concerns i understood where she was coming from but also adapting through that too as a hairstylist um I didn't know what I know now when I first started and I started off as an assistant and fortunately I learned from really great hairstylists, um, color techniques and cutting techniques, Um, but some of the things I didn't learn was always how to manage different personality types, right? That comes from working with people over time and understanding people over time. And, you know, hair trauma is a big thing. Um, and then I, I had another woman that sat in my chair and, and she, um, she, she had just had a baby almost a year ago or in February, you know, and if you've ever had a child, you know, you have massive amounts of hair that falls out afterwards. And it's because of the, the, the baby you've given birth to a child and then your hair, um, it, it falls, it releases itself also. Just as you release the baby, it releases different um, strands of your hair. For me, it I had lost so much hair. My forehead was so large <laughs> and I ended up cutting my hair pretty short and shorter than what I usually like it. And it was fine, you know, because I knew it needed to grow back. And I understood from going to the doctor that was part of like the hormonal process and the postpartum process. And this gal came in and, you know, she was concerned about her hair thinning and all the new growth that was coming in. And um, she needed a nice haircut. And we talked about hair trauma. And she was like, oh my gosh, I do have hair trauma. I didn't realize I had hair trauma. Like, this is a real thing. And so it, it's, this was piqued this interest, this this topic, you know, I, of this, you know, this certain 
topic of hair trauma and I do talk about this topic to a couple specific friends of mine which I love dearly who have also had hair trauma and and the trust that it takes you know to have someone else's hands in your hair um, it takes time you know it takes time it takes trust it takes um, a lot of compassion and understanding on you know whoever's gonna be holding your head in their hands you know like my teacher said you know her name is miss libby she said you know you 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 either got it or you don't you either you either have the gift of this or you know or you don't hair rituals and treatments have been going on for centuries right women have been braiding each other's hair um praying in the braids like if you you get a good braider and they know how to braid your hair and pray into those braids then you know that that hair it there's there's prayer uh, woven into your hair and i kind of like to do the same thing when i'm cutting someone's hair all go into a state of just flow, I guess you can say, where I, I don't really have too much thought going. I just, I can feel what the hair needs and, and going in there and, and also checking in with my client, you know, as they're, they're receiving their haircut and, you know, releasing the trauma, releasing the trauma of so much COVID releasing the trauma of past bad haircuts and also the trauma of people talking shit about your hair. Um, it happens to more people that either have, they either have really, really thin, fine hair or curly, some type of curly hair. Um, more in those types of hair, you, you, I notice more of the, the trauma response within them. And yeah it's just it's a it's a real thing you know and also hair can be damaged through chemical damage and and also heat damage uh too much brushing not enough brushing you know so you want to find the balance in what it is that your hair and your scalp is needing it's it's custom for everybody we don't want to overly um stimulate the hair of the scalp but we do it does need some stimulation you know um you want to understand what where your range is at you know in in your own hair growth in your own hair rituals so um i'm going to talk a little bit about color color damage coloring your hair uh, why and how you should color your hair how I suggest coloring your hair I, I personally suggest coloring your hair twice a year um, if you're going to color it or if you're going to let it be natural then let it be natural but if you're going to be coloring your hair I suggest finding a really great stylist or colorist that knows how to keep the integrity of the hair where it only requires a hair color about twice a year and um, you could go more often if you like, that's all up to you. But the hair coloring process, it takes so much toll on the hair and it does really strip it out, especially you're gonna add highlights. I do a lot of highlights on a lot of Hispanic and Mexican women's hair. 
and this takes it strips it out it, it takes it from most um mexican hair or hispanic hair is at like a level one is being the darkest and most of ours is about a level three to four you know so that's almost black black at, uh, is that one and if we go to three or four it's like a dark brown color and then you need to strip it seven layers so seven levels of stripping in order to for it to get to even like a caramel color brown or blonde and then so that's stripping it that means adding lightener to the hair and so a lot of um mexican people or women hair can't handle it and so their hair will either break off one or just be extremely damaged so you have to add in what is called bonders to help reform and repatten the hair so just chemical damage alone can cause a lot of women to go into stress because if they go to a colorist who they've warned them hey this is your your you're compromising the integrity of your hair and it's gonna you have a potential it's gonna fall out I've, I've done this to many clients where i've warned them hey it this this is not we're at the limit here you know and they want to push through it and it's like well you have the risk of of it falling out they don't care they want to push through it so fortunately i have some bonding solution that helps but at home care is very very key if you ever get your hair colored you have to do at home um, color treatments at home um, replenishing conditioning treatments those are very key to continue to strengthen the hair but after covid the hair is very thin it's more um, brittle a little bit i've noticed for people whose immune systems aren't the strongest, even some people whose immune systems are great and fine, um, they've also had some some trouble with their hair. So we just want to watch out for that. Um, pay attention to that whenever you do go to a hairstylist. Um, you know, making sure they have good hands and um, also is kind of like on that same maybe maybe wavelength. A lot of the time when someone sits in my chair, it's 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 a lot of almost talk therapy um, in a way. You know, it's a lot of counseling. It's a lot of uh, me understanding this person. And it sometimes it takes more than one sit in my chair to really like, okay, like, yeah, you're consistent. I trust you. Let's go. Um, you know, let's, let's do a little more with my hair. Let's go a little shorter. Let's, let's cut a little bit more of the, the weight out or let's keep the weight in. I want my hair nice and full. Um, so we really start to customize someone's hair. Um, just also hair color, hair cutting and hair treatment. So all of these things qualify under that bracket, under the umbrella of what it takes to have, um, a good hairstylist, what it takes to have a good hair um, sit, like our treatment or an appointment with somebody that, that you trust. So yeah, there's so many different rituals that women have been doing for centuries with their hair, oil um, treatments and 
hair brushing, hair massage, and braiding, and all of these um, different things. It's it's was known that hair women's hair held their magic, and men to held their magic, and men at a certain age or or a certain caliber of their spiritual evolution would start to grow their hair longer as a sign of them gaining this this feminine quality within them and also wisdom that they carried within in them you know and as as that as a representation of that they would grow their hair out a little longer like the women and so i I find that really intriguing i love um all types of links of hair with men and women my favorite length of course is long i love long beautiful lush hair Um, but i also love short hair and all the textures are so beautiful and just reminding yourself the uniqueness of your hair the uniqueness of your strand it tells the story of all that you've gone through you know in in the last years or so the hair strand and the texture and everything of someone's hair it changes every seven years so you'll notice that especially if you have a child you'll notice like when they're born and then when they reach about one or two their hair starts to change and but when they reach seven it it really like changes it really shifts and I, i like to watch that in young kids i like to see the their texture of their hair changes either get more curlier or, or straighter um, lighter or darker hair starts to come in for them um, but it's a real thing it's every seven years our hair changes it shifts and and we want to put good intentions in our hair we want to put um, that love and that care and the compassion of your hair so it can grow and it could be you know, whatever it is that you're wanting that your hair to express, to be, to represent for you. Hair, you know, when there's a lot of women that just shave their head all the way off, and that's a statement in itself. And there's beauty in that, you know, that release of going from long hair and cutting it off and just shaving it off. You know, for some reason, they, they feel guided to do that, to to clear the slate you know to to clean their head and energetically you know if their hair was carrying maybe some negative thoughts or whatever the case would may be in in the years that the hair had been growing and them cutting that off that's a really good idea for them to do that you know or you could get some energy work to clear it out of the hair that's also another way where you don't have to shave it all off um, I provide hair rituals for my community um, in in nature, and it's a really beautiful way to step into prayer, uh, a prayerful way, an intentional way to to get your hair cut within the elements, and this provides a lot of healing for both people, you know, stepping in and into realizing that the, the hair is releasing something and you could just put that intention of the comb combing through every strand of the hair and releasing all those old thoughts and and then cutting it off 
with with the scissors at the end. Um, you know, there's so many things that we can contribute to our hair and making it your your statement piece. You know, it's so much part of it's been so much part of me. I've had long hair for years and um what at one point in my life my dad he never he didn't let me cut my hair I had hair for days <laughs> I would sit on my hair I remember in kindergarten sitting on my hair my hair was so long past my bottom and I would sit on it and I just wanted it to be cut I wanted it to be cut but I wasn't allowed to get it cut so um one time I went to the hairstylist by myself and she asked me what I wanted and I was like, I want it short, like I want it to my shoulders. I wanted it to be cut all off. And um and she did. She cut it she cut it short for me. And my dad was like not happy. <laughs> and I mean that's like, you know, a little older Mexican um style way of, of doing, you know, with with the hair, it's, you're supposed to keep your hair, you know, you only cut it off at certain times of your life or when someone passes away, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted it cut, and it felt really good, it felt liberating, you know, to get it all, just, just all off, but then after that, I, I did like my hair growing long, so I, I do feel that our hair is intuitively talking to us and what it needs, and, how it shall grow and and what is there in the hair either stuck energy or memories or um things and it can be released you know also that's the the representation of the brush of having a brush yeah of course to brush out the tangles but you know there was also um a a the, there's a, the beauty ritual way of that was to release you know the thoughts and the the old energy out of out of the head to get that you know out of also the hair you know so um there's ritual way of brushing um it's also called in beauty school it's called scientific brushing you know they they take the brush and you rub it a certain way on the scalp a few times and then to get in order to get the natural oils from the scalp onto the rest the rest of the shaft of the hair and then to the ends so that that's a ritual brushing um known as scientific brushing in beauty school but it's ritual brushing it's been around for for centuries and that in itself is such like an if you can do that maybe once a month or, um, I, I don't know if I would do it every week. You can do it every week. I don't really brush my hair, um, every week, but I don't need to either. But if you need to brush your hair, um, so you want to, you know, do, do that. Um, I would suggest every two weeks, to do something like that, to really get in there and, and brush ritually in that way, just to be safe. You know, some people's hair can handle it a little bit more often than others, but we want to uh, allow the hair time to to grow. But I do love um, scalp massage, massaging my scalp, 
also just kind of like slightly like scratching my scalp with my fingernails just to get the dead skin um, off and cleared. A lot of people think they have dandruff and it's not necessarily dandruff, it's just dry scalp. So we want to make sure that's clear. There's some people who have had wingworm in their hair. Um, now don't be thinking you have wingworm in your hair, but you know, there's a way to get rid of that with certain oils and, and botanicals that can be put into the scalp to, to release any type of um, fungi or, or parasite that could be in the in the scalp um, but most people that's not the case but there are some people that do have that you want to get your scalp um, looked at properly by a professional or a dermatologist if you think that's the case for you so and if that is the case there are natural ways to go about that type of healing um, but yeah hair is so sacred it's a sacred piece of us I, I was talking to the owner of my salon and we were talking about different um different types of i guess you can say uh, superstitions <clears throat> in in um hair what do you do what do you do how do you get rid of your hair after you cut it right some people i especially babies that come in to me for their first time haircut I asked the mom, you know, I'll save the hair. Do you want those hairs? So your baby's first haircut should be saved. It should be put away. So always, always first baby's haircut, trim, that needs to be saved. The baby's hair, save it. But after that, like, you know, that you've been getting your hair cut for a while. Um, my, the owner of the salon, she said what her ancestors told her how it came down to her is you don't ever put it out in the garden because you don't want a bird to get to it because then you'll end up going crazy <laughs> i don't know i don't know maybe there's something to that or um also you you can flush it or you could burn it but not to give it to the birds because then you might go a little nutty <laughs> And I have heard that, but in my daughter's um, side of, of her, her father's side of the family, um, her, his mother actually taught me to flush, you know, you flush the hair because you don't want anybody getting your hair and doing any sort of, um, you know, ill will on you or magic spells on you. They, you don't want anybody grab, taking your hair from you. So that, that was their reason why and um but the other my boss's reason why or the owner of the salon's reasons why was you don't want to be going crazy in your head and I I can see that happening but it's kind of cute like if a bird were to use your head it just depends on like where is your thought process from that do you believe that you know or do you think it's cute that a bird is nesting in in your hair and creating a home I don't know so I guess it's for to each one to be discovered on its own. I, uh, whenever I do do rituals outside and we are cutting hair outside, we, I do make sure that we collect the hair and for the most part we bury it or give it to the water um, and, and that type of way. So um, yeah, I'd much rather either bury it or put it in the water 
than just like leave it out somewhere. So, you know, but to each its own and however you choose to uh, get rid of your hair or throw away your hair at the salon we have, we don't let the hair um, actually touch trash. So at my the salon I work at, we don't let the hair touch trash. So we have like a specific bin only for hair. So at one time, like years ago, uh, they asked a bunch of hair um, salons to collect hair because of the oil spills. Because hair would provide a, a natural absorbent to the oil spills. And um, so we would donate all of our hair to um, to the, the, the different tr- um, tragedies that, that would have the oil spills. They would collect the, the hair from the hairstylist that we would all like, you know, donate and um, collect all the hair and give them to um, to these organizations like um, bags of, of cut hair and that hair would be used to soak up the tar from from um oil spills or the oil from oil spills and that how funny right that but for some reason our salon the salon i'm working at now she still does that she she keeps the hair separate we keep the hair separate from the trash and we don't let the trash touch the hair and i've never asked her what she actually does with that hair if she's still if she is still doing that, because I know the other salon that I worked at wasn't doing that anymore, but she does. So I, I'm a little curious. I need to ask her that, what she's doing with that hair, all of that hair. Maybe she's burning it for everybody, <laughs> but that would be neat, right? So everybody's hair is just, you know, being released and prayed over in a good way because she's a good woman. So... Um, yeah, I'm going to ask her about that. But whenever I cut my hair, I do collect it. I put it like in a little thing. I, I, um, usually don't put it with the other people's hair. Um, I keep mine separate and I dispose of it, um, you know, accordingly. My daughter was taught to always flush her hair because her grandmother, her dad's mom, um, and, and she does that. She does that like all, all the time she never puts her hair in the trash she always puts it in in either the toilet or we offer it to the earth so um it's just something to think about i know it might be a little superstitious for people and that's okay but um for those of you that know you know <laughs> and those of you that didn't know now you know so thank you so much um and I'm going to end this with a, a, a hair prayer, a hair prayer, a hair meditation, just to release anything as I was talking. If, if I um, touched a sore spot for you or a sensitive area for you, or, or just you could just relate to these different hair stories, I might be talking about this more often depending on how or what kind of feedback I get on this um, podcast. So thank you. So let's take a deep breath in. And just acknowledging your hair, you know, acknowledging your heart coming into center and acknowledging your hair 
You could touch your hair and just thank it. Just thank it for all of the growth that it has and that it continues to grow. And as it grows, you grow. And just breathing in and just thinking, being in thanks and gratitude that you have hair. Or if you have some issues with your hair, being compassionate, being compassionate with whatever that is. And just releasing, feeling just every strand of your hair being filled with beautiful energy beautiful beauty energy that's just emanating from your scalp all the way to the ends of your hair just so much beauty as I'm um, thinking of that or saying that I got this image of Rapunzel and you know her hair lighting up gold as she would brush it and it would just light up gold and just grow and grow and grow thank you for coming to this beautiful space of talking of hair care hair trauma and also just the movement and we give a lot of right now we could since we're in this very beautiful place we can send so much love to these Iranian women and all women across the globe who are dealing with some sort of hair trauma hair loss or hair rights Just breathe in. And I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. And, you know, feel free to share your experience. And so much love. Many blessings.